Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated, uh, to our DC retrospective uh, with the with the one the Superman, and following up with our recent review over uh, the comic version of All Star Superman. Now we have the adaptation, the DC animated adaptation, direct to video uh, adaptation of uh, the All Star Superman. Caleb, how are you doing currently? Oh, I'm I'm very happy to be back to Superman. I, I feel like I needed some uh, some Superman in my life today, so let's go watch this one. I think everybody, uh, I think everybody needs a little bit of Superman in their life, or just any like you know really like really decent comic book character, even Spider Man as well. I got I got no problem with the Spider Man if he's written properly. Anyways, and same with Superman here. So, um, yeah, if you can all get your, this will be a good old commentary as we usually do with these. Uh, so, uh, we'll give you some background, uh, early on, hopefully as we start this, but, uh, yeah, if you can get your, uh, legally, legally, uh, digital or physical versions of, uh, this movie in front of you at timestamp zero, we should probably like set a timer. That'd be hmm. kind of a good idea, but, uh, at least the one I have in front of me is one hour, 16 minutes and 32 seconds. Yours. Same. Same. Uh, everybody, uh, get ready to press play, right? now one second wp not wb oh now i'm seeing that might start a little bit late but... uh, for pit six <laughs> but i'm curious had you had you seen this one prior i feel like this is one of the bigger ones from this early section of the run yeah this is 2011 by the way i don't remember what month it was but this is 2011 i saw this somewhere it was either on tv or i watched it on netflix years ago when it was on netflix Mm. maybe it is still on netflix i don't know unless like one of our brothers like excised it all when they like we're just like let's yeah. keep everything you know together and here we get some very pretty still images um i'm surprised it's not just straight images from the comic but i do like seeing some of that stuff for the this early section i mean right here when they say desperate scientists and we see um uh, uh laura and uh jor-el um that's kind of a still image and same with the spaceship going away or, you know, escaping. Yeah. Yeah. And they look inspired by the comic at the least, if they're not actually taken directly from it. Even this shot right here is like with John and Martha Kent, they like, that's almost from straight from the comic itself. Yeah. That one definitely looks like it. And then we get the soups straight to the action as it were in the comic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the animation right off the bat serves it it pretty well. I, I feel like I like this animation better than uh, some of the previous ones that we've watched recently. Shaky cam, shaky cam, what's going on? Oh, wait, it's because they're like <laughs> inside a, you know, massive object with a lot of gravi gravitational waves. So the shakiness, I guess, works. Yeah, and, and so much of this feels very, very close to the comic. This isn't like a, a crisis on two Earths where they're just taking kind of the core of it and changing up all the details this one they excise a few bits but otherwise it's it's pretty pretty straight adaptation i think a few bits <laughs> some big bits some big maybe a couple issues but the core story is is still there it certainly is but the 12 12 uh tasks of superman are uh yes no longer uh no longer in here and my favorite part of the book, which is the whole uh, Zibaro uh, section, is completely excised, sadly. But, but the more the more uh, in the the fact that they include this bit with uh, 
Jimmy and Drag. I thought it was funny. Did he shave his legs? No, they don't look shaved. Yeah. Got that splotchy. Uh, he looks like a not, not a very hairy dude. I mean, maybe he did, but they like grew back <laughs> or his hair grew back. Excuse me. Oh, and Jimmy in general is, is taking a big step back here. But oh, but Perry White here, the minute he spoke, I was like, whoa, it's it's J. Joan Jameson from uh, Spider-Man, the animated series. I looked it up and it was the same guy. I mean, what can I say? He's like good at playing news reporters. Yeah, and I loved him on that show. He was so great in that show. I mean, wasn't he also a news reporter at one point? Oh, Jameson? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure early in his career. Well, I also met the voice, but uh, fair enough. Until he turned into just uh, almost a conspiracy mag uh, publisher. <laughs> Should see what they did to him in Insomniac's Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, no. Or the Marvel stuff where he looks like he just runs a podcast. <laughs> huh. So they took that from them, eh? I, well, I guess that's really what you do. Just make him Alex Jones. Anyways, speaking of Alex Jones. <laughs> yep, here we go. And who is doing Lex again? Let me see. I looked up who did this guy, but I, I think the performance is quite well done for Lex. A little bit. I want to say, okay, subjectively, we prefer this one over um, the previous one in uh, Doomsday. Yeah. Anthony LaPaglia, I think. I've, I've seen this guy in a lot, but I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> he was, yeah, he's probably, again, they, they, they took a lot of like, well, DC's tendency to just take, you know, a lot of uh what what is it well-known active television or movie actors and uh put them in their cartoons that was uh yeah that's a standard for these guys yeah curious choice for them they do seem to do it a lot and they do a lot of experimentation with that stuff to to mix results even in this movie i think to mix results but again i, I really like the animation for all this stuff i think it's very uh, polished so for do you think if uh, a, a general audience person, if they didn't know anything about the book, do you think this is because I mean, that's one of the uh, problems? One of the, yeah, one of the, the adaptation problems of like, you know, if you want to get this to like any, you know, fan of like, oh, it's Superman, but they never read the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this does a good job of like explaining a lot? Whereas, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that Grant Morrison alienates people when they were making all-star superman but like yeah they have a certain way of of writing so um i I feel like i think it was Dwayne mcduffie who wrote this i feel like he tried to uh make it as accessible for for those general (laughs) audience goers yeah i think i think uh duffy did a good job of uh or mcduffie (laughs) did a good job of taking the the skeleton and feeling taking that that kind of core backbone of the story and filling it out well enough that it feels like it stands on its own um it does in some ways feel a little episodic it feels like the movie's split into like maybe four sections on um, the book itself is episodic but yeah it, it doesn't necessarily feel like something like uh the new frontier which felt like it was just cliff notes of the book this does feel like it could stand on its own it's just missing some of those really great parts of the book which is too bad one of the thing, one of the things I'm a little bit like miffed again. Sorry, gotta be, gotta be careful when I say this, but one one thing that I'm at least saddened by is that we don't get a lot of like Quintum, 
because uh, he was a he was yes. a big presence throughout the book. Uh, and this one, it's very much more. Uh, again, you know, I, I I'm here. I'm a podcaster doing this, uh, doing this commentary. I'm not like you know professional working in Hollywood right now. So, it, and and again, McDuffie did I think the best job he could, um, where he focused more on the idea between like the. I don't know if the ideological conflict, but at least the um, the whole Superman is dying and same with Lex, or at least Lex is going to go to the chair, excuse me. Mm. Yeah, stripped down to more of the core focus. Yeah, Superman and Lex, Superman and Lois. Those are really the, the core dynamics here. Pretty much. Like, these are the last days of Superman. And so he's going to go about and, you know, well, if you, what would, what would you do if you, uh, if you were, if you found out you were about to die. Oh, that's a good, I think I would just start trying to finish out whatever legacy I have and, you know, make sure I can leave whatever security I can to my family. I would love to just, you know, say, oh, I would quit my job and go explore the world. But no, I like, I like the fact that they took that early scene there of Clark showing up and just tripping all over the place. And they're doing a good job picking up on those little moments. Oh, but how about you and the, the death thing? <laughs> um, I'd probably just be playing video games or I'd actually like to podcast. Like as soon as like I die, like I die on air or live. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. It's probably a little bit too far. But <laughs> I mean, hey, like, why not? If you're going to go out, you at least like, I don't know how you would react. Just like, did I, I did you just die? I could play a prank where it's like, nope. And then that, that's so cruel. That is cruel. That reminds me of a Bollywood movie I just recently watched with an old man and he was just practicing every day his death. He would like be having cereal and he would just his face would fall into the cereal. Jeez. His family just got bored. They're just like, nah, nah, he, he's just faking his death. He's he knows it's coming soon. So here's a little thing they fixed uh, in the in this adaptation, excuse me, hmm. uh, where if you remember the scene where yeah, Lois and uh, Clark are they're walking across the street and the guy is about to like you know, be hit by, you know, a bunch of debris from up top. Although it looked more like some like jet engine or something like that or, or motor. And this time we at least see that, oh, it was part of the freeway above them. Yep. No, that was, yeah, that was a good fix. I, I, I like that. At least for you. So that was, that was clearly <laughs> meant for, for Caleb, nobody else. <laughs> exactly. But, but how do you feel about the, uh, your question earlier about how they manage this adaptation? Well, again, like, you know, I, I, I wish they could have done, you know, the whole thing because I am a big fan of the comic. But yeah. again, I guess for, for what we got, like, yeah, why not? Like, I think it's, you know, the old saying better than nothing. Yeah, and I think that comes down to the what we think the purpose of these movies are. For me, I feel like a lot of these adaptations, these movies is just about giving a giving a flavor of what the original comic is and like this is a, a primer for you to go read read the real book and see what the the full story is and this is just kind of a little encapsulation and if it can stand its own and feel like it's a solid movie in its own right that's great yeah i, I guess personally speaking i i'd rather just go read the comic again yeah, because uh, I got more enjoyment out of that. There's a lot. I'm not saying they don't get fantastical, but I mean, it's all fantastical from, well, the book. Like it's drawing upon all the stuff from the book. I I don't think you make this into live action. No, especially anything from the book itself. Like it'd be <laughs> I 
if if there's any way to like at least observe other multiverses or other realms i would definitely want to see like uh what other uh continuity of our real world uh made all-star superman into live action <laughs> maybe a tv series like a little just a mini series 12 episodes that's just the way comics should be told man like you gotta do it in like a tv series i guess marvel or the mcu has like figured that out maybe yeah and i think that's gonna be an issue that we're always gonna come up against with these movies is they're just too short i don't know why they chose this as their maybe it was just budget reasons i i think it honestly is budget uh maybe a quota as well they're they're to meet i, I don't know and I, I i do wonder if a lot of like uh, of these animators or writers are fans of the work itself. I mean, I, I kind of oh, hope yeah. so that, you know, that, that these these writers, like just all the people part of the project, uh, would want to do this. Uh, I I kind of hope that they would do like maybe older stuff, but maybe they can't do older stuff because it's not as adaptable potentially. I don't. I feel like you could. I mean, again, they wanted to do Judas Contract for so long, and then they finally got to do it. So it's like it's just that this one's a recent one. Is like, like both this. Uh, I mean, I guess Superman Doomsday was an adaptation of Death of Superman, but I'm talking like, you know, stuff for like, like um, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. There we go. Mm. Yeah, it could be that they just see it as more financially viable to do comics that were just recently big ones that were, you know, flying off the shelves. Now you can pick up a DVD Cliff Notes version of it. You'll certainly see that with like Batman Year One and then The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, those ones they gave it a long time. Yeah, a huge. Yeah, I don't. At least with the year one. I don't even know if they'd be able to do uh, Crisis or yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh god, no! Like that's still uh, like see that that's been adapted into like television, but not ever in animation. I'm I'm surprised by that. Like even in all of Bruce Timm stuff, I don't think in any part of like the DCAU there's ever a mention of the Anti Monitor. And I'm not I, sorry. I, I don't want to say that you know you have to have the anti monitor, but I'm just like it's, it is actually kind of surprising that they stayed away from that stuff. Yeah. Now, now that you're saying that, I wonder if they could, if they took it more in the style of Christ on Two Earths, just taking the core concept and doing their own kind of flavor of it. Maybe they could make something pretty cool with that. But yeah, if they try to like an adaptation like this, where it's taking the core of it and trying to construct a standalone story, I just I don't see that working. <laughs> at all in this runtime yeah i mean that that is again i think it really does come down to budget um <laughs> i don't think yeah i trust me i i can't throw any of these people under the bus or throw them into this like you know sun eater nest but like <laughs> yeah it's at the end of the day it does come down to like um the budget and you know how much time they also have on their hands yeah, in, in time wise, um, you know, me, I, I also really, really enjoyed the the book. But if I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's it's been a while since I read that book. It's a bit of a time commitment. I only have an hour and in 15 minutes. You know, this would be a fine flavor of it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I wouldn't be in that position. I'm sure I would just, you know, you can just read the book two issues at a time if you don't have much time. I mean, yeah, but you're but... also the guy who's not going to like read it in one sitting. Uh it the like the Stephen King book yeah sorry Stephen King's it in one sitting yeah yeah I, I was I was coming up with a, a theoretical situation that would never apply to myself but <laughs> that's totally fair I mean again if I mean I treat comic books the same way I do with not like books where it's just like you know 
put it down, put a, put a bookmark where like the last mm-hmm. page you left off at and then put it down, go do your task or whatever it is, and then come back to it later. Like, yeah, you don't need to, you know, binge it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I was trying to think of some reason why this, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> of, of course. Um, uh, what is it? Speaking of which, did you hear in local news that there was a, there was a, a, a mission or I don't know if it was a tourist mission or a tourist sub or like a, uh, an actual like you know scientific expedition to the titanic and the submarines missing oh no i did not hear that oh no that's terrible yeah that's literally in, that is literally in local news right now oh my goodness yikes nothing more scary that is that's one of my fears of just being trapped like down there i mean okay and if you've removed all the water i think it'd still be a scary place but even still and if anyone wants uh to read a book about a similar kind of situation check out our wives under the sea which part of the plot features uh someone going down in one of those kind of investigations in one of those ships and being trapped down there for like six months or six weeks i think a really good book recommend it we covered it recently on the podcast um but uh, i'm curious because you were the one that wanted to uh you know do this series covering these dc animated movies but i think i feel like most of the ones we've covered you haven't been too much of a fan of yeah it's funny Coming into this, coming into this series overall, have you always had a negative uh, kind of feeling towards just maybe even the concept of these? Or I, I think I'm glad you're you're calling me up for this. Um, I think what it is is that when I was younger, I was a big fan of these, and then uh, I guess as I got older, and because somebody introduced me to creative uh, or being analytical and critiquing movies uh the critique part of my brain started coming in it's like oh wait a second Hmm. so yeah the isaac from 2016 would have probably been like oh isn't this awesome to the isaac of 2023 is like okay this is cool for the animation aspect but i think um from a i guess critical standpoint i would rather read the book than this than watch this film excuse me yeah but I, I still think in terms of adaptation, especially compared against something like, again, just like the new frontier, I don't mean to make that our punching bag in, in these these movies. But yeah, th- this one feels much more solid. And if it was for for a kid to see, I think they would get a really good flavor of what the book was going to be when they finally got around to reading it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you, I think you're right on that. Um, despite my subjective analyst uh, analysis, excuse me, I think objectively speaking that yes, I think this over uh, this this over the New Frontier adaptation is much more closer. I guess. Well, I'm not, not to say that the you know New Frontier wasn't closer, but now we're getting into like you know difference between like book lengths. You know, how like you know, yeah. big and thick, you know, I'm looking at it right now, like how big and thick New Frontier is in comparison to uh, All-Star Superman. Yeah, but they also chose the, I think, the right things to omit in this movie in order for it to feel cohesive. Like, I think with New Frontier, they're so focused on cramming it as much as they could that everything just felt like it was all moving too quick and nothing really had time to breathe and stand on its own. We had that nice little dinner with Lois here. We, Even though I don't think her suspicion angle plays out as well in this movie as it does in the book. And it was never the, that great in the book either. They still give time, you know, to somewhat feel the suspicion sinking into her brain. And they, they do a lot with the, the moments that they do pick. 
what, uh, rather if they had tried to pack in the Zabaro bit and Jimmy being the uh, director for the day bit, if they put all that in there, this thing would just it'd be moving like lightning and nothing would really be working, I think. You know, now that you say this, it's almost like they could do a it would, it would kind of cool if they did a TV series where it's it's different each season, but it's telling a comic book. So, for instance, oh. they did All Star Superman one issue, then they do uh, Superman for all seasons next uh, season. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's like an anthology series, but it's just a different yeah, comic each each season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it doesn't it's not the same Superman, by the way, because I mean, that would just be ridiculous because I'm happy that these things are, you know, out of continuity. Um, yeah. But uh, where was it? But in. Also, uh, you would you would, uh, I, th- I think the other caveat is that you could do them in however many episodes rather because Superman for all seasons is not a long book. You don't need to have hmm. that thing be like 24 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> um, now, here's my question to you, sir. As a, how do, how do I say this? Uh, you're not the biggest fan of Frank Quietly with his art. Uh, you think there's something a little bit off about it. Subjectively, you're just not feeling it. Uh, what do you? How do? You, how do you feel as though his um, his artistry translates to uh, the art style on screen? Um. I really like it in this movie. I, I don't necessarily love the face design for Superman, but everything else I feel like I, I like the look of this movie maybe more the, than the look in the book. Even though, again, I think there was some really fantastic stuff in that book as well. It was mainly just the faces that put me off. Um, but but I, I, I think I mentioned a couple times, I think this is one of the better of the DC movies that we've seen so far, animated movies. And yeah, I definitely think they capture a lot of that stuff well from the book. Like, I like the look of these, uh, even though they're a little bit bare bones, I like the looks of these these reptile guys, especially the main villain one. Yeah, no. Th- I think they have kind of a funny look. Yeah, the the dinosaurs from the center of the earth, like, it's, it's there, uh, which is, I guess, it's there. I think the backgrounds... <laughs> Yeah, I, I see. I, I got to be careful how I say this, but I, I was a big fan of the backgrounds in uh, the comic where oh, yeah. Metropolis looks a lot more. I, I, I can't say futuristic, but it, it definitely looks like uh, it's a throwback to uh, like 50s versions of, of comic book cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely uh, just kind of base models here that they probably built up for years at this point, And it's just yeah, plugins. Yeah, it's, it's like the cities from from Justice League uh, Bruce Timm series. Yeah, just with a new paint job and yeah, move to this project to this project and eventually round up here. <laughs> Understandable. We don't see no SWAT guys this time, at least not not yet. No, that's the that's these reptile guys. They got the SWAT guy outfits on. <laughs> no, 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 no. These these guys look like they were from the straight not straight from the comic, but they look like similar from the comic. Yeah, and with the the flavor of of stories that they did pick. I do like having Lois as a superhero for a day that, of course, fits in with the end villain and getting to see these two guys again, Samson and, and Atlas. If from the ones that they were going to pick from the comic, I'm glad this one made it to screens. Now, I will have to make a, a, a point out for another a little bit of an adaptation uh, once we get to it, though, with uh, yeah. with Samson. 
Yeah, and of course they do. They introduce the little the super feats and Superman doing some of his you know, most like biggest uh, feats right before his death. But yeah, removing the whole twelve. Uh, what was it called again? Yeah, the the, the twelve uh, tasks of Superman. Tasks. Yeah, yeah. I, I I get why they they couldn't include that in there. I can accept. You know, they they just wouldn't have had the space for it. Oh, by the way, I like seeing these guys just marching all imprisoned. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Again, if you recall, it was it was both Samson and Atlas who uh, swayed these, uh, I believe, crawl to um to re- to rebel and go up to the surface of Metropolis and uh, cause a muck. You can see the the <laughs> like uh, boat in the background there. Oh yeah, that looked nice. Yeah, and they just blamed Samson this time, asshole. <laughs> I think it was both, but uh, sure. Um, and I mentioned earlier how uh, I don't feel like the, like I feel like there was maybe one uh, kind of bigger actor that they brought in for a voice actor in this. So I didn't necessarily love, and that'd be uh, Christina Hendricks here as, as Lois. I think she's okay, uh, but she feels the one that stands out the most is just kind of not really feeling like she's quite there it's kind of funny because i think she's my like favorite performance in this oh that's funny (laughs) so i don't know what is about her but i think if she did a lot more voice work she sounds very motherly um Hmm. and she has a very soft voice and i that's pretty much like the one thing i love about her so it's like i kind of wish she like she has that voice like i think she has uh, the uh, she actually I think has the aptitude to uh, be like a voice actor and, and being like a very like motherly or hopefully I'm not like trying to typecast or anything like that I gotta be careful with how I say this but yeah I think she would do very well with like motherly kind of characters and so I really enjoy her uh, performance with Lois and how kind of soft she yeah, soft she is uh, a little bit I can't say different than when Anne Hirsch did her in Doomsday but <laughs> Yeah, and I, I remember liking her in that. I, I at least I think I do. It's been a while since we did that. I believe you did. I think I listened to it recently. <laughs> what happens when the irresistible force meets an immovable, an immovable object? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why that's on that paper. This is a piece of adaptation that I just think was kind of bizarre. You know what it's about? It's called setup. Yeah, but then it it plays its role with the. Well, I guess we'll save yeah till we get there, but. I mean, we're about to, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, once he's like going over the the question from the Sphinx, he like pictures it in his head, and it's like, uh, did he really need that? It almost makes it seem like he didn't come to the conclusion on his own. It's, it's like he was almost guessing. Was it just because the word surrender was under it? There you go, amazing feats, the most amazing feats in your career. Not so mm. in the comic, obviously it was twelve. Now it's just like feats, as in plural, like you know, yeah, feats. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, where was I going with this? No, nope, we lost it. Yeah, well, you're trying to remember. I I do remember us pointing out near the end, we were like, was it fully twelve? And we had to like go through and actually count them. So it's not like they even did that bit great in the book. It was a little <laughs> confusing. So it, it makes sense to just simplify <laughs> by just saying feet. I think we may need to read that one again uh, to determine that. But uh, oh, you know what it was? Uh, I wonder if that like you know. Um, I think the what, what happens when an irresistible force meets an immovable object. I think that was like maybe uh, for the fans. 
Uh, you you mean in the 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 book itself when they did that? No, no, in this in this with the new in the newspaper. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, here's the moment. Samson says, "I swear to living Zeus." What? Oh, that's the in the and here's why I know why in the book he says Jehovah. Uh, in this you can't say anything about God, which is okay. Fair enough. It was Samson that said that, not. Uh... Yes, I made sure I, I checked the subtitles and it came from his mouth. That's weird. I would have thought uh, Atlas would have said that. Maybe he did, but I, I literally said right right there. Look at that. Just just for that. Yeah. And then he's like, the word surrender is right under it. I'll just go with surrender. Maybe that's a good guess. That's what it makes it seem like. <laughs> Can't wait for that Lexus Samaritan to come out. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, by the way. Can't wait to ride one of those. I think the Ultra Sphinx looked good as well. And with the the stars in his eyes, I think that was well represented. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. But maybe since Samson and, and Atlas have been, you know, having their little uh, escapades around the universe, maybe they went and hung out with Zeus. And that's why he uh, mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I get I, actually I guess he could also like maybe that was also an adaptation point. Maybe. Yeah, OK, hang on. I got to maybe because he, he wouldn't like swear in the Lord's name. So like. Perhaps he's swearing in Zeus's name instead, but isn't that a false god? Anyway. Hey, not in this. There are a lot of gods in this. So. Exactly. Where where Yahweh exists in this universe is, uh, well, I guess with everybody else. Yeah, I don't know if he does. I don't know if, I, I'm sure there's some DC thing that confirms that, <sighs> yeah, that god exists, but I, I don't know it. I feel like somewhere Vandal Savage was at the crucifix or was it the, yeah, the crucifixion, excuse me. Well, yeah, Jesus himself might've been a real guy, but that doesn't necessarily confirm the, uh, I know, but, but yeah, Zeus is definitely confirmed. Oh, Zeus and like, well, Thor's in this, not in this, but Thor is, you know, in the, in the DC comics. Oh, oh, by the way, I wish that we'd have seen them with their hand arms and slings and <laughs> some bandages around. Do you remember that? See, or do you remember that like uh, moment from the comic uh, with them underwater there, or the? No, no, no. Do you remember the part like when they were in the hospital and they like both give like thumbs up? Yes. On the paper? Was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I understand why they didn't do it, but like, it was just a funny moment. Uh oh, it's a full moon. You know what's happening there? Oh boy. But with oh oh, there you go. Where's Katara? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when they were underwater there, I liked that little ship that was in that bubble. I thought that looked was a nice design as well. I wish she didn't lift her leg up. I know why she did, but you, yeah, you know why. But I just never liked that trope with the lifting the leg with a kiss. I yeah, I don't, I don't know. Mm, sure. And by the way, I recently watched that. Uh, is it the what's that one? Uh, Princess Diaries. And I forgot they make a whole little bit about her wanting a kiss where she lift her leg up. And I was just rolling my eyes at that. What the hey? <laughs> Completely forgot about that part of the movie. Yeah. Now I, I or maybe it was the second one. Might have been the second one. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke, but I was like, nah, I let it slide. Um, I was this in the comic? I, I forget. It's it's been a while. Yeah, with her moment falling asleep and yep. not believing that he's Superman. Yeah, I think it just ends, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's how they end the the issue with her once again being like, "What a great Clark Kent impression you can do," because it was like a thing that she kept not believing it. Which I think they kind of leave that after this scene in the movie. I, that's a pretty shot of the city. 
all the colors like that. Hey, what happened to her car? Is her car still up in the Fortress of Solitude? <laughs> yeah, he's got to bring it around the next day. Oops. All right, and we just skipped so much. Like, we skip everything. I don't remember if the time travel uh, and Kansas with um, with Pa Kent, I don't know if that's... I forget if this is before or after, but it would just we just go straight to Lex. But again, I I, I understand why. Yeah, it's 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 very forgivable. They they made the right uh, choices in their adaptation. I mean, again, I would have loved to see Zabara. I wish that they would actually just make the movie, uh, just about that, just about Superman's time with the uh, Bizarro guys. But I understand why they wouldn't fit into this specific story that they have for this movie. You know what they could also do? Short stories. Like like little short films. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what that DC uh, Spotlight, is that what it's called? Yeah, but those are like, just like, um, I mean, maybe they're based off of like, yeah, issues from like the 20th century, but as far as I'm aware, most of those uh, were a part of, uh, yeah, they were just like, was it like brand new? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Not brand new, but like made for the the showcase itself. So just mm-hmm. their own stories. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't know how to find those. By the way, I mean they're probably on Max. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But like, I think I think they just used them for bonus features on all these movies. No, I know. But where would you like? I don't know if they would be on like say the Microsoft Store or if they're on like the Prime Video. Like, where would you find them? Yeah. Yeah. Post the. Uh... Yeah, physical media days. I don't know. Maybe even just on YouTube for free. Didn't think of that. <laughs> I mean, I know they released the um, the Captain Marvel and uh, Superman short against Black Adam. Oh, wow. Shazam and Superman teaming up, huh? Although mm. that was like 25 minutes. It's <laughs> it's Captain Marvel, by the way. <laughs> this was before New 52, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Or maybe around the same time. Actually, I guess this is the year of New 52, funny enough. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. In like August and September, if I recall. I didn't I didn't read any new 52 back in the day or like when it was when I, I didn't watch uh, Justice League or yeah, Justice League or read Justice League of America and new 52. I just like a few years afterwards, I read it. Well, and I'll say I remember in the book feeling like uh, the Grant Morrison take on the bumbling Clark Kent. Some of it felt a little over the top in that book for me. I think they find a little bit of a better balance with it here and they still keep a lot of the same moments. They just played a little bit less uh, over the top. So, so I can appreciate some of that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, I can accept it in the comic book because it is supposed to be over the top. Yeah. Whereas in this, like, yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to, trying to be a little bit more grounded uh, than, you know, what was in the comic. So yeah, again, for adaptation standpoint. Yeah, and that does make something like Brainiac Attacks fun, that it's its own. Oh, there we go. Our old pal. We didn't, there's, I think that was a, yeah, I think that's an adaptation because I don't remember if Metallo was in no. uh, just a passing like by inmate, which is like, I can agree with that. But then I'm like, wait, so in this version, the towel looks like a straight up like robot. Why do they need air holes? Uh, well, maybe it's just come standard. 
<laughs> I yeah, it's very yeah, of course. <laughs> it budgets in these uh, maximum security prisons on Rikers Island. Like, what what do you expect? There you go. They only have so much they can like afford, unless they're like taking stuff from like Luthor himself. Yeah, and I always personally prefer a more human-looking Metallo, but I feel like maybe the more ro- robotic one's more common. Well, I mean, could still be a cyborg, but I mean that yeah. looked more like a robot than a cyborg. Yeah. Um, I guess instead of being laser guns, those are actual like, well, more plausible looking real firearms with bullets in them. Yeah. Which I also meant to ask, this is, I believe, PG-13. Oh, is it? Mm. I may, I may, I don't, you know, don't quote me. Yeah, because this one doesn't seem particularly violent or have much, uh, coarse language. I checked Microsoft Windows. It says PG, so maybe yeah. Other, maybe other sources say otherwise. And I remember I loved all this prison stuff in the book. I thought the the uh, the illustrations were fantastic. Um, and I think they do an okay job with animating it here. It's all right. Well, here's the uh, here's the SWAT guys with the uh, generic SWAT uniforms, but <laughs> and this they don't feel generic for some reason. It's just like the security guards, but with riot yes. helmets so i'm all right with it yeah they're not just regular cops this is yeah in the middle of a riot it makes sense Ow. and again i think there's just a level of polish over this that and a level of detail that feels stronger than especially the justice league animated series which of course makes sense but hmm. um i think one thing that i will make a little bit of a point of I don't feel maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but maybe the comic did this better. But I don't feel as though Superman is like because remember in the very very beginning we see that he uh, is super like he's he's like because of the exposure to the sun and you know basically him getting cancer. Um, you know we make a point to say like his strength is like tripled. Um, yeah. And this I I maybe I'm wrong. I didn't I didn't feel it like this, but I didn't feel like he got. Maybe, Pardon me for saying this. I don't feel like they did a good job of demonstrating how like actual more powerful he is. Absolutely. In terms of the internal logic, internal logic of this movie alone, that is the one thing that it feels like a drop line that really has no payoff. Even later when he's attacked by the two Kryptonians, they, you know, they, they, nab him they they beat him up pretty good and it's like hey i thought he was supposed to be like three times more powerful than he was in his own he should be able to just bump these two around and it was not because of that by the way it wasn't that reason it was just like i think that was the other thing that was cool with the comic was that um in a way um morrison did a, a cool job with like the medium itself where you look at the big picture from like uh, the reader's perspective and you, and I guess what he also told quietly to do or what they told quietly to do, excuse me. Um, And you kind of saw that Superman was also kind of self-aware or at least he was aware of his surroundings more. And that's kind of what I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that makes sense. Right. Or that's how like we kind of perceive him being a little bit more, I guess, powerful. I don't know. That's, that's what I like took for the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That stuff was really cool in the book. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, when we, so we did the thing with where Superman um, uses super breath and then freezes all those guys with the, um, the sprinkler system. Parasite literally like went right through them. So he killed a bunch <laughs> of those guys. Yeah. And he has his moments in this. He 
And there's a moment later when he decides not to show mercy that he showed in the book, too. So, yeah, maybe he's a little more violent now. Now that his death's coming. I guess that right there is one. But again, I feel like that could be what Superman could do even without, like, you know, being triple his strength level. I agree. It's yeah, it's these it's these feats like um, actually, that was a thing with the, the feats is mo- most of his tasks that he was doing uh, in the book were things he just never could do, I guess, because his. I don't know, I'll say his like his his powers were only like so great, I guess. Yeah. But I think Parasite especially, it looks like they put a lot of time and budget into making him look good. So that's nice. Yeah, and this set piece, it pretty, yeah, it's a very, like, off the page of All-Star Superman Parasite, so. Yeah. No complaints there. <laughs> I miss the, uh, the, the purple juice. <laughs> or his purple <laughs> blood, excuse me. And I think this whole exchange with Clark and, and Lex feels very genuine to the book as well, and it worked great in the book, and I think it works pretty good here, too. I mean, I can't remember in the book, was it, oh, call me Ishmael, I like that. <laughs> um, I can't remember if this is when we are introduced to the daughter, or the, the niece, I think. When Lex goes down here and he lets Clark go out on that boat, I can't remember if she's on it, or if we don't meet her until later as well. No, she is, this is her introduction, it was the, I remember that it was the, the end, uh, the, there was a one page spread or a full page, excuse me, where, um, she's taking him on the boat and it was very like a shout out to, he's like, uh, Superman's descending into hell. It was like kind of a shout out to that where she's, she's the fairy person and, uh, Lex is like the devil or churn. I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it, but like, yeah, he's basically descending like Lex basically is sent him to hell. Hmm. Yeah, so another piece that's just, yeah, straight off the page. And she's a weird one. I thought she was weird in the book, too. But here, yeah, she's just so random. (laughs) Just because she's, like, animated now, and so you get a better sense of how she would act, and you're like, if she's weird. Yeah, and I guess Morrison just wanted to, because Lex always has those little female companions that are, either just marveling at his brilliance or in some way sinister on their own. So I guess they wanted to give us a new flavor for that as well. I mean, at least unlike in doomsday, he doesn't kill her. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Just, just randomly just like shoots her for some reason. Anyway. Yeah. This one, he he seems to actually care about this one. So that's kind of interesting. So here's, here's a big adaptation standpoint. So, um, oh, yeah. we, we don't do the whole bottle city of Kandor where he's going to go release them, uh, out into another planet. I, I don't know if it was Mars or not, but here's a, and, um, so that's the, the adaptation, but I think this is where he tells her that he's got super cancer. I believe so. Yes, because this was when he goes to the underverse this is when he goes to uh bizarro planet yeah yeah they use the big time jump for that instead yeah or him taking this this planet to where they or taking this <laughs> taking candor to that planet and i can't remember if in the book it was quintum who was gonna do who's gonna take candor to uh, another planet or if it was soups as well i believe it was quintum because yeah they sent him in there and he was 
he was the one who like uh, did the negotiations with them and to see if they were going to agree to go. And I think, yeah. And this was actually towards the end, from what I recall, because then he uh, has some of the uh, crypt, uh, the, the um, Kandorians uh, go into those cancer patients. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. That was great. Yeah, what a good, what a great book. <laughs> I know it's it's got its, uh, for, for you, I know you have your issues with it, but like overall, it's just a very positive book. Yeah. And I was definitely watching this urge today just having the edge like oh man i just want to go back to that <laughs> yeah because i don't know what costs more the book i guess it depends who's charging it and if you could find it at, like some you know used bookstore uh or if this film would like cost more for a kid to read but like if i i'd, I'd say i'd rather have a kid read even though it's a lot more cerebrally intensive with the book i'd still rather somebody read the book over this i mean this is yeah i think you're right this is easier to digest for a lot of people but yeah that book is just all that's all the stuff like anything you see in this i think is done i'm not gonna say better well i guess it well it's, it's where yeah. it came from so yeah done better and there's just so much more material there to bring resonance to a lot of the these plots like uh i don't know if they need i don't know if sorry for interrupting i don't think they needed to do this part where it's like you just crash lands um, no i know i may, maybe they sh i guess they should have you know what would been funny is if he like glowed green because remember he pat no never mind because i was like didn't he pass through that like trail of kryptonite but it's like no that was with um barrel and uh his wife yeah. never mind yeah and this this was never my favorite part of the book. And it's not my favorite part of this movie. I wish that maybe we had gotten the uh, the future Superman instead of this. But I understand why thematically they would want this death element to continue. Dealing with the death, the death of these, uh, or sort of death of these two Kryptonians. And some of his past coming back to him. But I feel like the death of Jonathan Kent may have been more impactful to have that featured here. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially since we did set up, uh, we we did we did see that Cal Kent line, if you recall, because we went went to that yeah. like time room, and so we saw him. So it's a, I guess, somewhat better setup than this. I guess. Uh maybe not setup, but like, yeah. Do you mean a better setup than they had in the book with the uh, like the one with the wraps around his face or? Oh, no, I just mean, like, uh, to set up the um, issue in the book with uh, the time-traveling Superman and the Mixelplex Superman, uh, that made more sense in, in in the animation because you at least set up with Cal Kent being there in the time room. Oh, okay, yeah, if they'd used it, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that these two were random in the comic, but, like, I don't know, it was just part of Superman's past also coming up to i guess i don't want to say haunt him but mm -hmm. like uh figures from his his cult his uh the culture he came from like showing up yeah and to kind of show the the value of his his upbringing and in learning because he might have turned out to, to be one of these types had he not had that kind of humble beginnings oh and i also uh forgot that these two uh also had a big like what was it they also had a big debate with him over candor because candor was still here Mm -hmm. again again adaptation not like throw that on the bus just like as a matter of fact hey it looks like uh barrel and lilo uh beat uh these volcanoes rather than avatar roku <laughs> oh 
But yeah, if there was one bit that I wish that they had made a different selection, it's definitely for these folks. Oh, that poor robot. <laughs> yeah, that poor robot. <laughs> um, Do you think they could have adapted more with this? Like they could have changed some more stuff? Um, I think there was so much good stuff in the the source material that there wasn't as, as much need to change versus something like Earth 2 where I feel like it was it was much improved from moving away from a kind of the base a basic story in that earth to it it really didn't have that great of a a story in the comic itself versus All-Star Superman there's so much great material to mine that it, it maybe was a wiser choice to just do a straight ad- adaptation I like this part with the phantom zone though like just all those oh, yeah. guys in there like screaming it's like kind of like that kind of creepy yeah, I like that it's almost like a spotlight. I think that's it's it's all quite cool. That is straight from the page. I also mean like uh, in this. Uh, pardon me, I meant in the movie. Yeah. Uh, could they have adapted these guys a little more from from like oh okay. uh, in an adaptation sense rather than like the entire picture? I mean, yeah, because yeah. I mean here we're I mean here's an adaptation where they don't pick up all the world's bridges and then fix the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like giving them more character. Yeah. So I, I feel like in the book itself, they didn't have, they weren't super well drawn, these two. Well, I th- like think they were super drawn, but like, or they were well drawn, excuse me, but. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're drawn as characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was more than what we get here, but I still, you know, I wasn't super moved by their, their demise or really got to know who they were. So. Yeah, I've they, they might have been able if they had more time to give more to these two characters. So as far as I'm aware, the moon in this universe is going to remain like that because we've never at least addressed the fact that they fix it or if Superman fixes it at all. Yeah. And you can tell that they were fans of these kind of moments in the book. Like Superman saving that person the bridge and all of his like clumsy Clark Kent bits. Or Clark Kent saving the guy under the bridge, I meant. Like, they really liked that. And saving Lex's life with the electrocution. So, kind of weird, but when Lois um, pours water on uh, Steve's toupee, it's kind of fast. And I mean, like, good animation, but like, I guess with the panels of the book, it flat, it goes back to like, you know, newspaper strips where it's just like, you know, each panel, it kind of goes at its own. Again, it's just a whole pacing issue for me. Yeah. And again, Jimmy's been such a... They, they pretty much cut him out of this movie. And so all these weird little outfits he's wearing and stuff, it it just feels more random. Like, it's they're just there for comedic effect. And that's something that I feel like would stand out if you hadn't read the book. Be like, why is Jimmy such a weirdo in this one? <laughs> I will say in this, though, I do like Barrel and Lilo's uh, costumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I like the sashes. Or at least her sash. Yeah, and I I just love the colors as well. It's weird that you would never see it like purple and yellow. Yeah. And I, I think in both books, this is a like a sad moment. Even if I, I'm not like invested in their characters, I just think it's, you know, a shame to see these folks just completely deteriorate like this. It makes you think of disease and how it can so quickly just change a person. Well, I kept that in there, which is nice. The I can't see you anymore. 
and he he did mention that they passed through like a kryptonian or kryptonite debris field yeah but he didn't mention how that like weakened him yeah yeah and, and again this movie has a very episodic feel this is the one episode that feels like it's just a little out of step somehow i think like it feels the most random to me I like the angle they're going for because, you know, it shows he's showing these two ignorance, um, compassion and saying like, listen, you can't just come in here and appropriate and, or, um, conquer the earth as it's the next Krypton. It's like, this is a place that, uh, has its own set of rules despite being, you know, yeah, being a mess. It's like, we can't just come in here and say like, ah, let's start out. Let's bring our own culture to this. It's like, let's not do that. Yeah, and I, I guess I like the theme of it, uh, them kind of being like, you're the you're the legacy of Krypton, you know, now that, now that we're gone, you're what's left. So maybe give Superman more of a, a thought of what the legacy is going to be once he's gone. I guess I guess that element works. I mean, yeah, he is. And <laughs> in, in this one, he clearly is the last son of Krypton. Like there's there's no Supergirl, by the way. Yeah. Hmm. Or wait. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, if uh, there was a point where Supergirl does show up, I believe, or at least a super person at some point they, they were female. I, I don't remember. It was like towards the end of the book. Yeah, at least in this movie. I mean, I guess they give us the, the hint of that future one. So we, we know that he's not the, the ultimate ultimate end. But yeah, definitely the last one currently. This is straight off the page. Um I think this is close to the end, if I recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're like 24 minutes. This went by quick. Can I can I just say that? This went by quick. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a bonus is to show the, the worth of this one is it does feel like it shoots by. Some of them, some of the ones we've watched in the past, I, I started to feel the length, even though they're only 76 minutes long because it just felt like they're stretching. Or I just wasn't engaged fully. <laughs> So this is also like again adapted from the book where we where it's good to see Martha again, but it's again from a different perspective. Like it's it's well again it's just you know adapted from you know the the, the part where again it's Jonathan Kent's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't recall him as an adult visiting John's grave, if I recall, in the book. Yeah, as an adult. Yeah, I, I can't remember if he gave the, uh, yeah, that flower like that when he was older, or if he gave it when he was young. Well, I think that was. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what it was? Yeah, you know what? It's it. It was the the masked one, right? It was. Well, it was him. Like, like yeah, present day Superman uh, was the one that gave. I believe it was not crystal, but it was golden, if I recall. Yeah, golden. Took off his wraps and left that for him. As is. Uh, that was an awesome. That was, that was an awesome moment. Sorry, sorry, I, just, I had to I had to say that. The um, I guess in this moment, sure, but in um, what do you call it? In the book, that was such a great moment. Oh yeah, that whole arc there, the death of Jonathan, I thought was really, really well done, very impactful. And the 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 surprise of which I guess we're spoiling for anyone who hasn't read the book of the wrapped Superman. I, I thought that was yeah very well done as well. I didn't I didn't figure because I. I think there's another kind of like mummy or zombie superman but it wasn't him maybe i'm wrong on that again there's so many versions of superman it was zabaro 
Or Bizarro. It was Zabaro. They kind of look like zombies. <laughs> um, seriously, you could make any like superhero into the superhero verse or whatever, and it'd be. I'm not gonna say the same story, but you could do a similar thing to what like Spider Verse is doing. Yeah. Yeah, it would be it would be great to see some of these DC movies get the feature film quality uh, work put behind them. I think there could be some excellent stuff that would probably be better than the live action stuff that we've gotten. If only like at least those guys are taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, because some stories, they just do not play the same way in live action. Animation is just much more suited. I guess I will say that was a pretty violent moment where we saw like the we didn't see the security guard melt, but he definitely got blasted with heat vision. And I guess you can infer what happened. Yeah, no, that's fair. He wasn't looking like Zuko. He was looking a lot more um, powdery. Yeah, there was seven again. Yeah, they've seeded that as well. They've they've been seeding the they at least brought that little aspect of the book as well where like, you know, how did how did Superman first get like, you know, can't well they don't they don't ask that obviously, but the the truth behind why Superman got cancer. Uh with with, with 7 or well, with Robot 7 being was it hacked, I recall? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it was it was Solaris who took control of him gave lex the super formula mm-hmm. and they devised a plan to turn the sun into what is it a, a blue star instead so yeah yeah and they're yeah and, the, and then the lex creepy thing on the uh the project's uh ship in the beginning all part of that plan yeah the um the, the mole that's right the, the genetically engineered mole yeah, which again, I don't. They didn't do the best job seeding that necessarily. I mean, it's here, but you you might not get it on the first viewing if you hadn't read the book. Even and, and yeah, I, I'll admit that the beginning part also can be a little bit confusing because you just like like slammed literally into the action itself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even in the book, yeah, it could be that way. But once you read it like once or twice, you're like, okay, I I, I sort of get it. Um. Yeah. <sighs> Again, this is this is not fair, but like um, the super speed that Lex displays did not feel like he was doing it like quick. Oh, if, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, it was it was fast enough. It was fast enough. I can. I guess it was fast enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Which, by the way, I was like, keep out. I guess that sub with subways doing bad in Metropolis are pulling out. Oh, great. It's a crisis. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. Did I say blue? Well, yeah, it was a blue sun, but I mean, Solaris is also like blocking it. Yeah, is this Smallville season nine in the? Uh, well, maybe that's. Well, never mind. <laughs> Statutory limitations. Yeah, that's fair. The Zod future. Yeah, is your? They did that whole red sky thing. Is your password somebody save me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet it's somebody's password. <laughs> I'm sure. What if it's Cap's password? Oh no! Don't bring that up. Remember he was hacked a little while ago. Was he serious? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, yeah, it caused some big issues for him. But I, I love this costume, the white costume. I mean, I didn't realize it. I, I have to go back to the comic, but I think the S is supposed to be a throwback to you know his the yeah. 30s S. Yeah, I was thinking of the Fleischer uh, cartoons. It looks similar to that, for my memories. Uh, what do you think of the soundtrack, the the orchestral score? 
I think it's pretty solid. I don't think it's anything like to write home about, but but I, I think it it accompanies this well. I think this was also Christopher Drake. Um, again, I gotta I gotta give the guy this. He was he was like the Giacchino uh, of like these DC animated mm-hmm. films for a bit. So he he was trying to like you know make make something stick. I know some people. I remember in uh, Death Battle when they did uh, Superman versus Goku one, they used this theme. Uh, wow. From they yeah they used the theme directly from this movie uh as part of like i guess the uh intro to superman so but again that was 2012 so and this is 2011 so yeah but i think it's pretty solid and i like the creepy voice for this uh solaris i think that is 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 what was well done as well and the visuals i mean look at that that looks pretty damn good yeah it's cgi but i mean i think that's okay <laughs> yeah and they actually focus on this a lot more than they did in the book. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the, there wasn't a fight, but they they definitely do uh, focus on this more. Uh, they even talk and right here before Robot Seven dies, he gives the uh, he's like, uh, well, I guess I, I believe he did. Did he mention this as well? I, I forget. Yep. Yeah, he self sacrificed in the book as well. He self sacrificed, but did he like say like this is what happened? I believe so. Yes. Like he gave a little bit of an explanation. I think they did it a little bit more impactful here with his, uh, his death, but I always like the Superman uh, droids and eat these. I, I think it's just such a fun, bizarre touch that he's got this little fleet of, of robots. I mean, I love the fact that he's got a sun eater as well. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a lot of backup in this one. Yeah. Well, that's another thing is just like, you, you think again, you think, what is it you think that you know because his strength is tripled this would be easy for him but again i don't get that sense there yeah but to be fair i guess that was like that in the book too but i think by this point he was deteriorating quite a bit from his illness oh yeah no his cells were starting to like yeah so we needed it they did they didn't really give that to us we we get a little flash of it in this last fight but they could have done more with that and am i peeved off that they didn't give us the you know child who's about to you know jump off a building bit eh, i mean i've eh. it's a very heavy scene so i understand if they didn't want to do it but yeah that that probably would up the rating for them well it's weird because if you remember in just league doom uh metallo uh posed as that guy who's that, that jumper from the roof Oh, no, I don't remember that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a while since we did Doom, but like... Uh, he, yeah, years ago. He posed as like this guy on the roof who was about to jump down and Superman's there to talk him down. And then it's like, psych, I'm Metallo, and he shoots him with a uh, kryptonite bullet. By the way, I was... This is quite the moment, too. He's like, mercy. And Superman's like, I don't have any left. And just fucking kills him. So... <laughs> In the in the um, in the book, I believe Solaris either can't die or at least gets reprogrammed to be uh, another Superman style character, like in the future. Yeah, yeah. He points out, like, I know that you're gonna have a a future, so I'm just gonna like do like a power down cycle for you for a while. Yeah, yeah. I did look it up, by the way. Put him into like sleep mode. <laughs> just like Doom was rated PG-13 as well. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, oh, there was a yeah. Well, especially when uh, Cheetah slashed. Um, oh yeah. Was it Vic? Uh, uh, um, darn it. Uh, what's his name? Said it earlier. 
It's not Victor. Vandal. Uh... Vandal Savage. Yeah, thank you. Vandal Savage. She, sl- she slashed his throat and then he like punched her after he healed. Yeah, I remember that one had some was a bit of a bloodier one. I'm curious when we get to the ones of these that are rated R. I remember there was a, a couple of them. I don't know if Superman Red Sun is rated R or not. Mm. I know just was it just Sleek Dark that's rated R, and then there's also that Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, Hell to Pay or whatever. And what? And I think a few Batman ones got rated R as well. Uh, I guess Killing Wait was Killing Joke rated R. I think so. That that may have been the first one that got an R. I mean, understandably so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited because I haven't seen I haven't seen most of these at this point. I, I've seen very, very little. You've probably seen a lot more than me. All right, less hype. Let's 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 focus on what's going on in the film. Yeah, we're coming to its Matrix uh, revolutions again, just like in the book, the big climax with them. Yeah, but you probably enjoy that climax more than well, Matrix revolutions. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's one of the more fun parts of the movie, although it had just completely devolved into ridiculousness by that point. But and there you go. There's the explanation as to like, you know, yeah, uh, Solaris uh, and Luthor were working together. And then they uh, I guess either Solaris either double cross Luthor or at least like wanted to have an ace up his sleeve and poison the sun, causing the sun to either deteriorate or go into blue. Star. I forget which one it what, what they said. Yeah, uh, going to the blue blue one. Yeah, he like poisoned it, poisoned it from its core. And so that's what initially gave Superman uh, super cancer. <laughs> super cancer right now. I don't know. It's just like we have to have super everything. So it's the joke of like super ventriloquism <laughs> from like one of the old. Hey, that's the puppet master. Yeah. Well, that too. But that was one of like Superman's superpowers back in the 50s. Um, this is an extended fight as well, but again, I, I, I get why they did it. Cause it's, you know, it's action and it's like, let's, you know, you go, if there's mm-hmm. anything about Superman, it's like, you're similar to Godzilla. We always got to see him like destroy buildings. <laughs> okay. That's not true. Yeah. And if there's one thing, if there's one thing about these DC animated movies is they love their action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that is true. Yeah, and they frequently don't have the budget to uh, make this stuff shine as much as you'd hope. But but I think this one is, is well done. I think it helps that it's more about the character dynamics rather than just straightforward fighting. But I think this is cool, him freezing him, then destroying the gun. That's using his smarts. Oh, well, yeah, this is probably what Lex Luthor would do if he was... I feel like he'd do more if he was... What is it? If, yeah. Is that a shout-out to... Uh... He was that called? Darn it! They'll come to me. Ouch! Yeah, they literally they they definitely linger on this more, but I know why because this is what Luther has always wanted to do to him. <laughs> and thankfully, it's always oh, brutalizing him too. And thankfully, it's not the Luthor from Doomsday. <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a cruel one. Just enjoying it, watching his head. Uh... If only his hair would be singed, Superman, but I guess they, they wouldn't do that. Uh, they, yeah, probably not. But hey, you should be really deteriorated by this point, you'd hope, but I guess not. Oh, like, yeah. 
I do like that. <laughs> just like, and we're leaving uh, leaving the train now. <laughs> I always like a good subway fight. I think it's fun. Train fight. Uh, it's just the thing with... I watched this video a few days ago uh, about superheroes and trains. <laughs> it's like, why are we always doing like... What's it with trains? And it's like, well, it's yeah. a machine. It's traveling somewhere. Uh, it's... Uh, I don't want to give all the points. Underground. Uh, it's Well, it can be underground, above ground. So there's always like a piece of distress yeah i was immediately thinking of uh hellboy the first one great train sequence during that with those little uh beasties or i guess big beasties it's been a while was that the one with the plant as well uh yeah yep kind of plant-like and their eggs are down in there and and uh okay yeah i gotta swim around and find them with the uh, ape sapien now here's one day we'll get to that series. Yeah, one day we'll get to that series and do the um, the animated series as well. Or those animated films, excuse me. Anyway, so here's your Matrix Revolutions moment. And it's, <laughs> you know, similar, but I guess what they could have done that the book didn't do was actually show us, like, what he's seeing. I was thinking that, too, that this would have been a great chance to do that. Maybe it would have been too expensive. The, not just that, but not to say, like, you know, they know how to, you know, visualize that, but I'm just like, yeah, they could have, they, that option was there. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't even remember if all these people were here. I thought it was just like him, his niece, uh, Jimmy, Lois, and Soups. I thought that was all that was here. Yeah, I think so. It's just all these SWAT guys being like, hey, and it's actual like SWAT gear. Uh, they're just like, what's this guy on about? Yeah, and Perry White's just standing there. Like, he should be at home. <laughs> Everyone's just like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I do like his outfit. I feel like it's a good super villain outfit. I like how he's got the puff puff pants. Oh, dude, I love it. It's like probably what Luthor would wear. Yeah. And she's got that stupid little helmet. That that seems like a like an older school Lex Luthor sidekick from like the 70s or something more ridiculous looking uh female com- companion yeah he's uh soups you got something going on with your fit oh yeah i think he's breaking out i think maybe those are some pimples or something super pimples he'll need super acne <laughs> cream for that oh god i don't even want to imagine what that would have been like as a teenager <laughs> pop the pimple and it just flies right through the wall well you're saying they didn't do that in smallville <laughs> no he didn't have teenage or sorry super teenage problems he did have some acne in there, definitely. They barely could barely cover up. Did they? Wait, did was that because like they put it on Tom Welling, or he just happened to break out that day? No, uh, just happened to break out. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tom. Yeah, and he had some of the worst hair imaginable in that show. Really, it always made me so I was always so embarrassed for him. Just horrible, horrible hair. You know, honestly, they and at the start of a. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you finish. I was going to say, every now and again at the start of a new season, he would come back and he have this great long hair and I'd be like, oh, wow, he looks amazing. And then he'd cut it back to his embarrassing Smallville haircut. Is this super short, but then uh, it's just bad. Ugh. Did they ever give him the mohawk? Not the, sorry, the mohawk, the um, the mullet? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I remember. But it was actually, I never told you this, but it was actually Smallville that made me grow up my hair. Looking at Lionel Luther's uh, beautiful hair, his mane, 
I was just like, man, I just I wish I looked like him. So <laughs> so I started growing it out to see if I can get it close to that. <laughs> huh. Well, OK, I never uh, I never thought of that. <laughs> never realized <laughs> that. I just I just grew my long hair or I just grew my hair out long because, you know, I wanted to. <laughs> and I've never liked my hair. I always thought it looked terrible. So I was like, if I can get it to look like him, maybe I'd finally like my my hair. But it's not there yet. Not there yet. But we talked over this whole climax with. Uh, well, I mean, we also talked about it in our review, but at this or the comic review. True. But at the same time, you should still talk about it anyways. This feels like the ending of Iron Giant. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can see it. Got a statue there. Uh, he has to go out and prevent the destruction of something. Uh, it was Rockwell from a nuclear bomb. In this case, it was the sun being turned into a super giant. Yeah, and Lois, you know, she she hates pigeons being close to the the statue and crapping on it. So she's giving them some some choco lax laced uh, nuts to uh, yeah, make them flee the area. Why is that would make it worse? What are you talking about? <laughs> Unless you're work. just like, uh, at least they're gonna they're gonna like crap everywhere. So it's just like they may as well crap in this area instead. Yeah, they'll crap around there, and then they realize we don't want to get food from this area because we're gonna be poisoned. So they'll they'll steer clear. Oh, and here's a here's <laughs> a here's a big adaptation. Oh yes, yeah, and I forgot to mention uh, Alexis Denisov. I think that's how you say his name. Playing Quintum here. This is. Uh, he was a, a big regular on Buffy and Angel for years. And it was during this last scene where I was like, this voice sounds very, very familiar. Who is this guy? So, so that's kind of fun. So because, well, you know, literally we have like, you know, the inspiration for Quintum being like, you know, what if super, what if Lex Luthor uh, were actually like, you know, a, a man who was was used his resources and used them for the better, betterment of mankind? Um, mm. that's, that's who Quintum is. So it, okay. For, for the story here, it works because we've seen Luthor, uh, the whole time and Quintum literally was only in the beginning and the end. So honestly, you could have just adapted him out, but I know why they needed him because yeah, like he literally starts yep. off Superman, you know, getting a deterioration, but yeah, in the book, it was Quintum who discovered, you know, Superman's well, I mean, actually Superman, I believe, uh, entrusted Quintum with his like genetic codes, um, his DNA sequence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and he had that project Superman at the very end that we, we, we were teased with. Yeah. But in this, it's like Lex was the one that did it instead. So for the movies like story that checks out. Yeah, they wanted to give a little. Yeah, that that at the end, Superman had essentially died and Lex, you know, losing that this, this person who was in a way a mirror to him, realized that he needed to fill in that that role that Superman was playing. Superman kind of questioned him like, hey, if you really cared about saving this world, you could have done it a long time ago. And so I guess now Lex is is trying to do good in the end. So I think that's actually a pretty nice ending. Oh, and I completely forgot. We 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 skipped over it also because like I didn't hear it. Uh, but I forgot that because Quintum says like they always said they wanted kids. Um, I forgot that yeah. Really? And before Superman goes to uh, place Candor somewhere else, uh, he says to Lois that our this is one of those rare pieces of media where it's like our genes are incompatible. We can even if we had sex, yeah. uh, we would not be able to procreate. And 
that was i yeah it was christopher drake um as far as i'm aware that was never in the book at least in in that book it's it's fine to be in different continuities but like as far as I'm, that was not in the book yeah if that line was there i don't remember it um but yeah i guess they're setting up there at the end with lex being like oh of course you need a healthy uh human ovum for uh I guess helping out with the yeah birthing these these Superman babies, so I'm assuming that they're saying that maybe you know maybe Lois will want to take part in that uh, experiment. I don't know, <laughs> which is what she didn't want in when they were in the Fortress yeah. Solitude. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so it's like I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe we didn't need that line. It's like yeah, it makes it more creepy now. <laughs> yeah, maybe not start growing superman babies and yeah just put in artificial wombs maybe that'd be better i don't know uh, okay um <laughs> oh laura, Mar- laura montgomery there we go and yep we're gonna see her in a few years when she directs the avatar blast airbender movie interesting yep i don't know but uh that's wait, what do you mean you don't know <laughs> <laughs> but um i also want to mention uh sam lou who we saw in there directing this one yep He's also a uh, veteran. Yeah, we've seen hey, him. Hey, hey, look, 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 sorry for interrupting. Moy Animation. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. I forgot to mention. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is well after Avatar. But, yeah, they also went on to do this. So it's like, good job, guys. Uh, this looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, our pals, Avatar alum. Yeah. They only did, like, as 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 of, like, now, they've only done, like, two yes. things that we've <laughs> interacted with with them i think i think they do another episode at some point but like even still, but they're, they're they're good another nonetheless yeah for listeners who don't follow our bending the elements yeah we're only eight uh seven episodes into book three so yeah if they've done more we haven't seen too much of it at this point yeah and if well we've seen everything years ago it's just like i don't remember which ones they did yeah exactly uh but i love at the end when she's like he's still up there um and we yeah it's i don't even think they animated they just put took it from the page of frank quietly of of superman working inside um the the sun with it's like you know artificial or if it's like representation of a yeah. heart yeah which is the right choice there's a beautiful moment in the book yeah really smart to just use that same moment to end this oh but just before we as we come to the close here for sam Liu, yeah we we saw him first in grundy's night directing that and he also directed uh justice league christ on two earths and he would go on to direct a ton and ton of these movies. So we'll we'll keep seeing him. Uh, but since we got to the end, I guess to wrap this up, uh, what were your final thoughts for, for this one, All-Star Superman? Um, it was good. It works. It checks out. It, it works. Excuse me. I don't want to like it. It, uh, it. it works as a film. I think there's a beginning, middle, and end, even if there is some episodic stuff in there. Um, so... It, if if I, I would recommend it for these, I think this is probably one of the better uh, animated uh, adaptations uh, of film. Like, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd put this above like any of the other two Justice League ones that we've done. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. But I, so I, I will recommend it, but I will, I will say I, I prefer the book over this. So I, I would sooner go and uh, read the book again than watch this. Oh yeah, I agree. If if you're someone who just prefers this animated stuff and doesn't really branch out to the comics, you're going to get a pretty good flavor of what this book promises. But if you go to the book, you're just going to get so much 
great stuff that's not included here. But what they do choose to include, I, I really do think that they did a, a fine job. And if, if this was all you ever got of All-Star Superman, I think you you get enough to be, you know, get get what's good about it. And I think standing on its own, it still is a really solid uh, piece of Superman animation. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, everything you said, I agree with. So um, anything else, sir? Ah, uh, that's that's all for me. <laughs> all right. So um, not to go with. Uh, no, yeah, yeah I, I won't go with what's next. Uh, but instead, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed this commentary. Hopefully we provided uh, something that was either intellectually stimulating or background white noise uh for you to enjoy and uh yeah till next time um don't look directly into the sun or else you'll either see uh or you may you may happen to see superman working in there because he's he's still Ah. he's still there to this day uh doing his work there and maybe the iron giants next to him they're also working with him (laughs) because why not it's his role model there you go till next time everybody peace